0: Welcome back to the broadcast. I hope that everyone is having a fantastic weekend. Holidays are made for me because it gives me an opportunity to reboot, reset, and recharge. This, for me, has been a year of self-care, and it couldn't have come at a better time because of everything that has happened over the course of 2020, which, of course, many people are defining as an unprecedented year. Joining me on the phone at this time, and I'm saying this with a big smile because I just love this next guest, Dr. Kim Logan Nolan, affectionately known as Dr. Kim, is the president and CEO of Kim Logan Communication and the Christian Family Counseling Center, and she's been doing this work for over 35 years. She's a licensed psychological counselor, psychotherapist, marriage and family therapist. She also served as the family life director of the Lake Region Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, along with her husband, the late author E. Nolan, while receiving countless awards for their work in family life and mental health. Dr. Kim Logan Nolan is the television host of Live to Be Well, a mental health and well-being broadcast on the 3ABN Dare to Dream TV network. And she's also the host of the Live to Be Well biweekly radio show broadcast by 361 uh, dot com. Uh, there's a uh, cardio, cradio.com. I'm sorry about that. Located in Corpus Christi, Texas. I'm just excited to have her here today. Dr. Kim, how are you doing? I'm going to call you Kim. Everybody has called you Dr. Kim, but you, my girlfriend way back when, uh, way back when Oakwood was Oakwood college. Welcome to the broadcast.
1: Thank you, Kenny. I appreciate that. I love you. Yes, we go all the way back. Can I say, to 1975, Say it. 76, Say it. we enrolled as freshmen at
0: Oakwood College. You know, you, you can come on my show anytime because anybody who celebrates life in the way that you just celebrated life is an inspiration to me. So many times we're denying our age and acting like we don't really want to represent and own it. <laughs> we are who we are. We've earned this point in life, and I am yes. embracing it to the fullest. It sounds like you are as well.
1: Oh, most definitely, and I think you and I, and I know some of our other classmates, we are holding our own because we are embracing it, and we're not allowing it to uh, age to dictate our outcome. You know, uh, there was a song made many, many years ago that age is just a number, it's what you do with that number, Mm -hmm. and how you allow yourself to be utilized to serve mankind, to serve God, and to serve others.
0: Yeah, I couldn't have said any better than that. That's why you're here today to talk with me about a lot of things. But, Kim, I want to start where I have been starting with everybody I've come in contact with over the last nine to ten months. And i got to just ask you the very simple, basic question of how are you doing today?
1: I am doing well. I'm challenged by many, many um, cases dealing with uh, COVID, dealing with life, dealing with stress, anxiety trying to keep myself healthy and well. I'm exercising. I became vegan four years ago, so that's been a plus in my life, uh, I'm making sure that I eat healthy and um, do things that are positive. So right now, today, I can say I am well, and I am so glad to be living in God's blessing. With all the things going on around us, you know, I can still wake up every morning and move my limbs and move my legs and... I know who I am when I look in the mirror and say, you girl, you got this today. Mm. You got this. You and God have this. And I always say, Kenny, to the enemy every morning, this is all you have? Mm. A couple of aches, a couple of pains, that's all you have? Mm. I'm still going to do my thing for God because he's counting on me to help someone else. He's counting on me. So I'm doing well, and I'm pressing forward every day to uh, value myself, value others, and I'm expecting a greater outcome, a greater outcome of excellence. And that's what I say to myself every night, every morning. Kim, Logan, you must expect excellence, because if not, you will get something less.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's powerful. And I know somebody is definitely embracing that right now. They've been inspired by that. They're feeling it. COVID-19, the pandemic that has upended our lives in so many ways, We've seen the physical toll of COVID, but I'm so glad that you're here to talk to us today because I've been saying to everyone that this is the tip of the iceberg for many reasons. The fact that we're going to have a vaccine, we're going to get on the other side of COVID. We are not going back to what we had before COVID in terms of normality. We're going to live life differently as a consequence of that, very much like what happened when 9-11 occurred. But the reality is that the emotional scars that people are going to take out of this experience because of the way we have experienced COVID, people being separated in um, unexpected ways, people not being able to say goodbye to their loved ones people whose lives have been transitioned because they've been shut down, many uh, situations where people have been locked in in their homes and locked down in their homes because they're trying to maintain public safety standards and more. You're seeing people all the time in your practice who are being impacted by COVID. And this, of course, is going to keep you in business for a long time. Talk about your perspective of the emotional toll of COVID.
1: I'm truly, Kenny, my practice has quadrupled. Uh, it was doing very well, but now I have almost a waiting list into next year already. Mm. I'll wait for an appointment to come see you. The I'm working six days a week, mm. and it's, um, it's the emotional scars that is leave, leaving with our people. Um, You are correct. We are going to be going into a new norm. We're not going back to what we knew and what we were comfortable in. We have to make some serious adjustments. And I'm not just talking about uh, financial adjustments. I'm talking emotional, psychological, mental adjustments and how to cope with the fact that we have lost millions of people, thousands in our own city where I'm living. Um, One day I was out at a park called Belle Isle. And they were putting up posters of individuals who had died of covid i had I fell to my knees, mm. I was in tears mm. that so many people they couldn 't even put all the posters up. It was fifteen hundred and the majority of them were african Americans mm. that hit me so hard um, again, our communities are lacking. Uh, proper health care, education, prevention, as we were hit with the HIV virus, and what is that going to do to our communities, Uh, what 9-11 did to our community, and the economic devastation. We are not able to say goodbye to our loved ones. We can't go into the hospitals. We can't even really talk with them. We can give them a cell phone, and they can maybe have the nurse or someone assist them, And we now have to realize that we have to look at life differently. And we can no longer be comfortable in our station emotionally. I'm not saying live on, you know, pins and needles, walk around on eggs. But you have to be consciously aware of your emotional standard of living now and that things are changing. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to understand how that change is impacting you And your family, your co-workers, your church members, you know, we used to study, Kenny, at Oakwood, through Ellen G. White's writing, a day would come where churches would be closed. Mm. You remember that? Mm -hmm. And we would not be able to get into our churches. It is here now. We thought March was just going to sweep over and we're going to go back to life as it was. It, It is not. Michigan just had an order put down Wednesday night. We have closed restaurants again, schools have been closed, colleges face-to-face. These things are happening, and people are on lockdown, and they are losing perspective because we are creatures of habit. We are creatures who engage. We are people who like to touch. We like to be with people. We like to socialize. That's who we are. You know, I think about, Kenny, when we were at Oakwood, can you imagine us being stuck in our dorms? We did everything. Mm. We played basketball. We mm. did music. We did concerts. We went to church. We, it was the activities that drove us to come to Oakwood, the choirs, the engaging that we had. We wanted to be at Oakwood, and mm. I'm sure it's like that for all the colleges and universities, but things have changed. Yeah. We're online now. I'm only engaging with someone on Zoom, Mm. you know, and people are having nervous breakdowns, and we are seeing a high rate, Kenny, of suicide and domestic violence Mm. because of what is happening, and now the new norm of how to live Every day in the same household with you, where you used to go to work, I went to work, and we were just masking, and we can't do this anymore. Yeah. I really don't like living with you, but I've become grown accustomed to accepting or existing in my lifestyle with you. And so, therefore, I, now we're fighting, yeah. and domestic violence is on the rise. So, these things, emotional difficulties that we're facing, you've only seen the tip of the iceberg, Kenny.
0: And we're also seeing this medical research study that is revealing another part of the post-COVID experience. People who have had COVID are in recovery, but now 20%, one in five being diagnosed with psychiatric disorders, anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, insomnia, and so much more, simply because of this disease that is running rampant around our nation – has impacted people's lives in such a profound way and is going to stain and mark their lives for a very long time.
1: Most definitely. Um, I have individuals that I'm taking, I take off anywhere from five to ten people a week off work uh, because they can't, Uh, I'm working right next to someone who's been tested positive. Mm. Um, Dr. Logan, I have children at home. I'm afraid to go into uh, my job because of what's going to come out with me. Um, My children don't have anyone to help them to get on the computer. This one lady said, I have a eight-year-old. She doesn't know how to log in. I need to be there with her to do this. But at the same time, if I go to work, I'm bringing COVID back home mm. because I, I don't know how to deal with all this. So, Dr. Logan, can you take me off work? Stress, anxiety, depression, insomnia, I mean, it's hitting – on every level and mm. then it's attacking their finances where i was making a hundred percent but now that i'm on workers comp disability uh stress leave i'm bringing home only sixty percent of my paycheck um, so, and i can barely survive so, so it, what do we do dr kim how do we survive but i'm too fearful i'm scared to death to go into my job because COVID is there mm.
0: So many challenges and so much to think about. And, uh, of course, you have not just from a professional perspective working day to day with people for many, many years now, been addressing these issues, doing it through multimedia channels, but you've also been a publisher in terms of being an author. Seven published books, including your newly released title, which is Co-Signing Bad Behavior by Commission or Omission. I love the title Tell us a little something about the motivation behind this book and what your message is.
1: Well, thank you, Kenny. I appreciate that. That means so much to me. Um, my husband, my late husband and I were talking many, many years ago about doing a book about co-signing bad behavior because of the things we were seeing with different uh, artists in the industry and p- politicians and uh, what was going on in one particular politician in our own city, um, our mayor and uh, prominent, had everything available to him and lost it all and was sentenced to 28 years in prison. Mm-hmm. And that was mayor. the. Kwame Kilpatrick. Mm -hmm. It was devastating for us as a a city, as uh, young black Americans, and he was going to be our next governor and possibly the next president. However, co-signing bad behavior was birthed out of that. And I began to, as my husband was getting ill... I wanted to finish the book, but I couldn't, and then when an artist was arrested for uh, activity with young girls, and I was interviewed on um, the news about the behavior, and does this trigger old behaviors or old emotions out of what people have gone through being molested and abused sexually by uh, older men or women? And I went into the den, Kenny, and I got the manuscript off, and I said, I must finish this. Mm. And I've seen ministers, and I've seen the church co-sign bad behavior. Schools, students, our politicians today, what's going on in the White House? And I said, I can't sit by and not finish this book. So that was the inspiration because you can co-sign it by keeping silent or you could co-sign it by actually a participant in it. And we cannot tolerate that. God will not tolerate that. And so if you look at the cover, it says, you know, just sign under my name, just sign under my name. Because I've already signed it, but I need you to co-sign it. So if I'm a thief, I need you to co-sign it. If I'm a liar, mm-hmm. if I'm demonstrating bad behavior, if I'm doing fraud with Medicaid, you know, it's okay. You know, we, we can come together. We have amazing physicians every day who are being arrested because of co-signing bad behavior and fraudulent acts mm-hmm. in Medicaid and Medicare fraud. And so, again, you're dealing with everything from um, drug dealers to dealing with, do we really want to sit back and listen to rap artists call our women out of their name and degrade us, co-signing bad behavior? Mm. You know, are we going to allow uh, the use of drugs and alcohol in our families – Or our children to talk back, oh, they're just being cute. It's okay for that child to slap you in your face. You're cosigning bad behavior. It's not cute. It's disrespectful. So, Kenny, the book came out of I was sick and tired of being sick and tired of looking at people cosigning bad behavior.
0: Mm. And. I can't imagine a more timely book, especially in this climate today where we see so many people engage in a denial of truth, an obfuscation of the facts, and so much more. And the reality is that integrity hasn't gone anywhere. Mm -hmm. Character hasn't gone anywhere. These Mm -hmm. values and principles that have meant so much to some people throughout all time— And perhaps not exercised perfectly, but certainly standards that people have aspired to are under attack these days where people are seemingly willing to, as you said, kind of wink, wink at things that they see. And this I'm sure you see is something that is significantly undermining the fabric of our society.
1: Almost oh, definitely, I was just speaking to a patient a few minutes ago. I said, "Tell me what do you value." She said, "I value my family. I value my health. I value truth and honesty, and I value integrity these The plan that was put in place since the beginning of time and 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 god 's holy word." Thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet, all these things were put into place so that we would not lose the understanding of what integrity is. And now that fabric, that thread is beginning to be unwoven because people want to compromise. Hmm. You know, well, it won't hurt if we just, you know, take a little bit off the top. It won't hurt if, you know, just change the grade. It won't hurt if you say that they were there in class and they want, they were not. You are establishing a, net, a next generation of dishonesty mm. and understanding that integrity does not matter. It still matters to God, and it still matters to me, Kenny, and I know it matters to you.
0: It, it absolutely does. It shapes our reality. It certainly paints our uh, aspirations and expectations. And the outcome of those choices that we make have profound implications, not just in this life, but for eternity. And so people need to definitely be mindful of that as we move through our society today. Uh, You're speaking to a broad range of people in co-signing bad behavior by commission or omission. Uh, But is there perhaps um, one or two specific populations of people that you especially would like to reach? I definitely want to reach the church. I think
1: that we need to go back, Kenny, and begin to look at, you know, the standards of the church, because it's been compromised. It's been tainted. Um, People have said over and over, Christ has received another black eye because of this uh, situation has been overlooked or swept under the carpet. We are living in tumultuous times, and we need to take a step back and say to ourselves, This cannot continue. Kenny, I remember when I was stewardship leader of my home church in Detroit, and I found out that there were people not returning tithes and offering who were board members. But yet you want me to raise money for your department as stewardship leader. So what I did, Kenny, one Saturday, I cut all the electricity off. I took the toilet paper out of the bathroom, I took the paper towel out, I gave bottled water to our senior citizens, and I said, I put it all up on the pulpit, and I said, this is not a welfare church. You can't just come here and receive and not give. Hmm. God is expecting us to bring our best and our most important excellence in the way we care for His church. And so one person went to go play the organ. I said, excuse me, the organ is off. <laughs> the pastor preached with me holding a flashlight. And I said, what would happen if everything was shut down? We continue to co-sign bad behavior. The next Sabbath, I stood at the door and put a chain on the door and said, and I checked off your name. If you return tithes and offering, you could come into my church. <laughs> if you didn't, stand outside on that side. Because I wanted people to understand, because we're cognitive people. So the next Sabbath, I, what I did, they, they said she's lost her mind, and Pastor said, leave her alone. <laughs> then, leave her alone, let her do what she's got to do. The next Sabbath, Arthur, my late husband, played. Uh, he, he played the part of a gas man. And I'm on the piano, and I'm playing and saying, you know, uh, it's so good to have all the talents, and you can sing. And Arthur was like, I need money to keep your gas on in this church, all right? <laughs> all your talents are not going to keep the bills paid. Mm. And that day, two people wrote checks for $60,000. Wow. They had no idea what stewardship was about, how it was divided, what was going on, because in the Seventh-day Adventist Church, the stewardship goes back to the conference, uh, the general conference, and we keep our offering to take care of the needs of the church. Your offering takes care of the bulletins. And so that one Sabbath when you didn't get a bulletins is because you didn't return your tithes and offering. So people began to give like never before. And so the board members, I said, I will no longer co-sign bad behavior. And you should not be a board member in this church if you do not believe in the bylaws of this church. Hmm. And that sometimes, Kenny, you got to shake some folk up, and you can't be afraid, and what God tells you to do. So I'm looking at the church. I'm also looking at the family to stop co-signing, you know, well, I might as well marry you. Mm. I might as well accept what you do to me. Okay, it was my fault that you hit me. It's okay. If you can, you know, your your father did not molest you. Why would you say that about your father? You just want to upset the household. Mom, daddy is hurting me. But no, what, I'm going to co-sign his behavior because he pays the bills in this house. Mm. So I'm going after the church, I'm going after the family, and then I'm coming after the politicians,
0: okay? Um, All right, all right. Well, there's plenty of good room for everybody. (laughs) Yes. No question about that. Listen, you are also a contributing writer for the great message magazine, Marriage.com, and so much more. But I think that you and I would both agree the thing that you are probably most proud of is being the mother of as you described them, wonderful, talented, gifted, and of course the list goes on and on because I know them and love them uh, as my own, uh, Micah and Erin, your daughters. uh, Being a mother to these amazing women, talk a little bit about being their mother. Um, Kenny, you know,
1: it gives me great privilege to be their mother. I praise God every day. As you know, Mike is a seven-year cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. I'm a three-year breast cancer survivor. Uh, she was right by my side. And when she was going through it, her father and I were right by her side. And uh, being strong and being um, having the foresight, Erin has started her own clothing line called Eccentric.com. Mm. And she just dropped her new line for the winter, fall-winter collection. She is now a student at the University of Los Angeles acting in film, Mm. Um, and we're so excited for her. And Micah, voiceover, speaker, uh, radio personality, I couldn't ask for anything more, but more than anything, I'm proud to be their mother because they love the Lord, Mm. they love Christ. And do you know, Kenny, every day since the day they were in my womb, I have prayed with them, and Mm. to this day, I still pray with them in the morning Mm. and at night, Mm. and covering them, because more importantly, I want them saved in the kingdom of God. We want success for our lives and our children, but what does it profit a man to gain the whole world? and you lose your own soul. So what has been for me has been phenomenal to be their mother, to recognize their achievements, and to be a woman who uh, is, is able to set an example for them that they too can achieve high heights and greater heights with excellence, and you don't have to compromise as a young woman to receive the greatness that God has for you.
0: Well, praise God for that. We've got about three minutes left in the broadcast. We're right in the midst of a beautiful holiday season with all of its warts because of COVID 19, racial unrest, and more. There's so much to be grateful for. There's so much to be thankful for. And we just celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday this past week. This is the end of that week uh, as we close out the weekend. Give us just a couple of words about gratitude in this space that we're in right now as we prepare to close
1: I would say grateful I would say that I am just truly blessed I am in awe at all that God has done and brought me through I'm cancer free Kenny
2: Mm.
1: my baby is cancer free Um, So many of your listeners have gone through this, and others have gone through so much and lost so much but gained. So don't look at what you've lost, but look at what's coming and what's to gain. And we can get through this if we continue to be prayerful and continue to look to God for our strength and our help, because He is truly our Father, and He loves us.
0: I can't say any more than that. I mean, uh, this of course is a season of Thanksgiving. And at the very heart of that is the fact that we serve a God who loves us in spite of ourselves, who loves us through pandemics, who loves us through social and racial unrest, who loves us through economic highs and lows and uh, so much more. And I am so grateful to have had this opportunity to with my friend I gave her lots of titles and accolades but this is my friend and to have the 40 year friendship that we have 40 plus year friendship that we've had is for me one of the great gifts in my own life she's Dr. Kim Logan Nolan uh, affectionately known as Dr. Kim Dr. Kim tell people how they can connect with you you've got a strong social media presence you've got a website talk to people about how they can connect to you because I know there are people who would love to after this conversation
1: well, they can contact me on my email through my email, and that's Dr. Kim Logan, K-I-M-L-O-G-A-N at Gmail.com. D-R Kim Logan at gmail.com. My office number is 313-664-4900. And my website is www.drkimlogan.com inspires with an s dot com. dr dr kim inspires
0: what a wonderful gift this thanksgiving season to have had a chance to have this conversation with my friend dr kim logan nolan dr kim kim enjoy <laughs> the rest of the weekend and i love you sis um love I, you I, too. I just can't tell you how much but you know i do
1: Yes, yes. And thank you for having me, Kenny. Thank you so much.
0: All right. Take care. We'll talk to you soon.